Welcome to the Endurance Athlete Podcast. I'm Dan Schamberg, and with me is my co-host, my color commentary partner, my ginger brother from another mother, Greg Hawkins. How are you doing, What's up, man? Not. I'm doing well. This is episode 0.3 of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. This is our third time trying to record. The first time was just for shits and giggles. The second time, we actually did record it, but you lost the data. That one was my bad. And this time, a month later, we're 300. I feel like we're more, when we recorded the first time, it was kind of like toe dip COVID. And, and the second time was like, we were like a month into it and really didn't know. And now we're like, we're in the meat, baby. We like, are. This is like, two everybody months. knows you're just in the shit like everybody's gotten to the point where they're just like losing their mind yes i would say we here in we are in california and san diego and uh we're what two months into coronavirus and uh yeah we shut down on uh march 19th that was the official government order to shut down so we're may 13th so we're we're almost two months in uh, I would just say for myself, I had a contact, my wife and I had a contact with one of the very first confirmed COVID patients in San Diego. So we got a little bonus isolation going. And then it was like a little bit of COVID shame, you know, like, how did you catch it? Like, how could you possibly? Uh, yeah, it's not my COVID. I'm just holding it for you. Oh, of course. So... Obviously. So the original concept of this was for Greg and I, who are both endurance athletes, I am a runner. I like to punish myself doing one thing. Greg is a triathlete. He likes to punish himself with a variety of methods. I like to suck at all three sports. (laughs) So again, this is episode zero of the podcast. It's just a quick 10 minute introduction into the endurance athlete podcast. We're going to talk about the goal for the podcast, introduce ourselves, get a, bit, a little bit about our endurance background, and uh, just get you guys a little brief introduction into our personalities. Hopefully you enjoy it, and uh, we'll go from there. We'll have some guests and other endurance athletes. We've got some couple people lined up for the next coming podcasts, podcasts excuse me. And uh, yeah, this is going to be something fun and a little different for the both of us. I'm a strength and conditioning coach and ultramarathon runner. Greg is a triathlete, like I said before, and a, I don't even know what do you do. What do you do, Greg? Yeah, uh, triathlons, uh, swim run, uh, any kind of running, drinking, exercise events. The more exercise and drinking that's layered in there, the better. Um, I've done a, a, a bunch of mud runs and uh, kind of obstacle course type stuff. Um, but yeah, mostly mostly triathlons and, uh, and swim run. And you've got a great personality, and that's the main reason why well, I asked you, you to know, co-host. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I love you too, man. And so the goal of the podcast, if you're wanting the X's and O's and ins and outs of how to improve your VO2 max, you know, what type of training schedule you can have. You might get some of that, 
but mainly you're just going to get some banter by two average or slightly above average athletes who know a little bit about what they're talking about, but also want to talk with other athletes who have done some crazy and inspiring things. Um, you know, so we want to inspire and entertain you as endurance athletes and uh, just have a really good time as well. You know, yeah, and you know, how to not have your wife murder you when you're out on a four-hour run or ride or swim or all three. That will be one of our first few episodes is we are actually going to bring in our wives, the spouses of endurance athletes to talk about their insight and their thoughts behind us doing this, what we do. And I'm not excited for this episode. This is not going to be, this would be a therapy session. No, no, no. It's not, we're, we're not going to come out of this smelling like a rose. I just hope you know. Well, one, we'll get them. looking like D-bags is what I'm no, saying. No. One, we'll get them drunk, get them a little bit of um, yes. Trulies or White Claw. Drag my wife in right now. She's pretty buzzy. No, we'll do that on another day. But um, yeah, to be honest, if you're an endurance athlete, you spend any sort of time out there. I mean, you've, you've got to be a little bit selfish right? To go on a long training run, to do a brick run, to do anything like that. You have to, you know, no matter how noble your cause is or what you want to try to accomplish, the every athlete says, I do this because I want to feel one with nature and be out running and blah, blah, blah. But really, you're selfish. You want to get away. You want to do something different. No, you want to get away. You want to clear your head. And ultimately, you probably, you know, a little bit in the back of your mind, you want to look good naked. That does come into play, right? And you think, man, if I just burn a crap ton of calories, some of this fat has got to melt off. Yeah, you know, if I just run an hour longer, I can justify the seventh and eighth and ninth beer that I drank last night. And then spend the rest of the time intermittent fasting and <laughs> keto and all that other fun yeah. stuff. And, and, uh, and, and following Game Changer and not eating any meat and, uh, you know, yeah. that whole smash so we might get into some of those topics uh as well but um yeah just let us know we're not elite or sponsored athletes you know i like i said i'm a strength conditioning coach so i have a, a background in exercise physiology endurance and ultra marathon training and greg's a, a former army ranger right yeah say that correct yeah definitely not a sponsored athlete um but uh so a new one once so one of the questions I wanted to ask, Greg, what are two of the biggest endurance accomplishments that you've had to date, whether it's a race or something you've done? So I, I'll give three. So uh, two, so half Ironman distance. Um, St. George is uh, kind of an epic race for the half Ironman distance. That was a good one. Um, and then the Odolo, the Swedish swim run, which was first time in America um, in, you know, this year, 2020, kind of the, <laughs> the last major event that happened before COVID shut everything down. And then uh, the third one was way back when, when I was a ranger in the army, uh, we walked 106 miles with, um, you know, I don't know, 80 to 100 pounds on our backs. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you say walking 106 miles with 80 pounds on your back, you've got to say it in like some sort of David Goggins style, or like, you ain't going to take no shit for nobody. You got to do your own thing. 
that <laughs> yeah uh it was it was it was more uh yeah this sounds like a great idea and then you know like 20 miles into it it was like oh shit we still have 80 miles to go and 20 miles after that we all switched from boots to running shoes and then with 75 miles in and 20 you know 30 miles to go uh we got our backpacks picked up by uh our buddies and then we just walked it in and uh, i was on i was on crutches for like you know seven days after that okay i've got i've got two questions one how long did it take you to do it took us 56 hours oh that's one of those things where if, if somebody's walked 106 miles they know to the minute how fucking long it took them to do it in and it took us 56 hours yeah i'll have you ask me a question in a minute and i'll tell you exactly the, the numbers so yeah, yeah. Did, i'm sure i know what the one is tennessee right yeah oh, that's yeah. right the, the vol yeah. state um so it took you 56 hours to walk 106 miles and my second question is in my mind when you start telling the story i'm thinking you're in it's something you're in drill instructor or like your sergeant or somebody makes you do like, all right, everyone line up, pack your bags. We're going on, on March. This is something you chose to do on your own. Correct. Well, yes. I mean, my team of six guys decided to do this as a group because 106 miles is the Chris Ryan story from Bravo to zero. Um, Chris Ryan was part of the, uh, the British SAS group that got captured in the first Gulf War. Um, the the name of the, the main guy is escaping me right now, but Chris Ryan is the one, he wrote a book called The One That Got Away, and he essentially walked from Baghdad to Syria, and that was 106 miles. Oh. So my team leader, who was in the, the British para and then in the U.S. Army paratroops, and it was a ranger, uh, was obsessed with that story. And we essentially recreated that walk uh, just because. Yeah, that was, that was a crucible, man. That was, that was a lot. So carrying two radios, all your kit, weapons, ammo, water, batteries the whole smash uh we we did a free fall jump into the uari national forest and then walked back to fort bragg so we jumped out of an airplane at fifteen thousand. i can't remember exactly what we did if we did a an oxygen no we did an oxygen jump so we were above fifteen thousand feet and and then we no, no lights on the DZ, nothing, and then walked back to Fort Bragg. That sounds stupid. Very difficult. It, it was hard. It was. But, it was so dumb, but it doesn't even. It pales in comparison to the Ball State, man. Like how? Like how far was that? Oh well, that. Okay, so we'll we'll I'll talk about the Ball State I did in 2016 in a moment, and um, but it's funny you're talking about your your experience there jumping out of plane and then having to march 106 miles. My initial thought to that is that sounds horrible. Where do I sign up? How do I do this? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Like, I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of endurance athletes out there that, you know, my reasons are it's hard. I have to try it. It's not, 
I want to see what's inside of me or how it can be inspired. And other people can do that. And I don't mean to sound like an a-hole, but for me, it's, all right, is this hard? Can I do it? Let's find out. Right. right. Um, you know, and it basically going back to that whole being selfish thing. But um, before I talk about the Vol State real quick, the second uh, event you mentioned was the Utolo, am I saying it correct? Utolo. Swim yes. run. And I don't think many people know what a swim run is. So before I talk about uh, my, my two uh, most favorite accomplishments in endurance world, I wanted you to explain a little bit more about what the Utolo swim run is and what you did recently. Yeah. So the Utolo, Utolo is a, a Swedish event, uh, you know, concocted over beers. And it was a, essentially a bet between four friends of, you know, who could make it from this the Swedish archipelago you know, outside of Stockholm uh, from the top to the bottom in the fastest time. And, you know, these are islands. So you just got to run and swim and run and swim and run and swim. And, uh, you know, the, the four guys decided that once they've done this, that, you know, let's turn this into a, a thing, an event. So it's kind of an adventure race. Uh, it's kind of uh, a duathlon. Um, but, the cool, it, but the cool thing ahead. is that when people think, oh, it's kind of like a triathlon without the bike. Like, no, 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 no. It's, it's not. No, no, it's not. I mean, like a duathlon is like you – you run, then you bike and you run. And then a swim run is, uh, you, you swim, then you run, but like a real swim run is run and then you swim and then you run and then you swim and you repeat that, you know, ad nauseum and you're swimming and you're running gear and you're running and you're swimming gear and they're Swedish. So they're like zero aid stations. So it's all self-supported. Well, there are aid stations, but you're not allowed to uh, throw any trash to the side. Yeah. You have to carry all your own kit. Anything you start with, you have to finish with. Yeah. So if you bring an energy gel, you better finish with that energy gel packet on your person. And mind you, you're going to get back in the water like six or seven more times. So it's it's a... More than triathlon, it's like you're really thinking about what gear you want to have because you're going to be married to this stuff for, you know, four to seven hours, depending on how long this race is. So, yeah, I think it's a really cool concept of a sport where it's more, it's very similar to a, a ultra marathon in this, in the standpoint is you have to account for so many things. You have to carry a lot of your own gear and a lot of ultra marathons these days where, you know, there's eight stations every five to seven miles and whatnot. But with the swim run, it's this, it's it's a unique, challenging experience. You you swim with what you run in, and you run with what you swim in. You don't take off your shoes. Nope. You, I've done a couple of them with our uh, buddy of mine, Boris, in Mission Bay, the area here around San Diego. Yeah, and, and Boris did the one that I did in Catalina. Yeah, so you guys did a 25-mile, roughly, uh, swim yeah. running on Catalina Island from what we'll, we can talk about this another time, which is basically straight up, straight down in the water. And the one I did was a nine mile in a bay 
and water was warm. It was nice. And it was absolutely horrible. And that's why I don't do triathlons because the swimming portion. Yeah. I mean, you're missing out, man. It, it just, yeah. it kicks it up a notch. I did one uh, small the, swim run and old ladies were swimming faster than me. I will, I will say this one thing about, I will say one thing about the swim run. There are no tourists at an Odalo, which is to say, you know, I'm not an elite athlete by any means. And, and when I walk into a place like I'm in the, you know, but I, I generally get in the top 10 or 20% of the finishers, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to podium, but I'm not, you know, embarrassing myself. When I walked into the pre-race briefing at the Odalo, I went, oh, shit, I don't want to finish last. <laughs> Not, and, and then it was like, oh, shit, I hope I finish. Yeah. Because the people that were there were not normal, average like just random, you know, like I'm going to show up to the, the local 5k or, you know, I signed up for a, a triathlon. Uh, these people were serious. And, and when you think about it, if you're signing up for something that has five miles of swimming intermixed with 18 to 20 miles of running, uh, you know, that's not something that you, you take on lightly. And uh, maybe I, I, I didn't fully appreciate the, the intensity until, until I'd actually completed the, the, the full event. You know, and I think that's one of the, the beautiful things of endurance sports, right? Is you, you put yourself in uncomfortable positions. You know, like I, I like to say, like the back of a Volkswagen. From the- <laughs> right. <laughs> from the uh, Mallrats movie back in the 90s. But, you know, and whether it's, it's ultra marathons or triathlons or the Odalo swim runs or whatever combination of sports is, it's about getting out there and doing something crazy and epic, whether it's, it, and it's all for yourself, really, because at the end of the day, no one cares other than you. Right, exactly. You know? And then, and I think that's the mindset that you have to, to go into these endurance sports, whether you're a beginner, whether if, you know you don't have to even run a 5K, you you can still do these types of things, and that's what I think we want to encourage people who listen to this podcast to, to realize is by telling stories of our experiences and other people telling their experiences, like, hey, you can out, get out there, you can do this, you can do something challenging. It doesn't have to be super long, but just get out there and do something. Yeah, just just try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and to, to briefly touch, so I asked you what your two favorite accomplishments were and you gave me three. Yeah, like, yeah. Talk about what, I mean, I'm, I'd be interested to know, I know about ball state. What's the other one? Yeah, that's a good question. So in 2016, I did a, a race called the, the Vol state 500 K. Um, it's a 500 kilometer, uh, road race. So what is that in like normal people talk? Uh, 310 miles, but the race was 314 miles. You got a bonus four miles. Yeah, roughly, you know, I can't convert miles to kilometers. I mean, miles who's keeping kilometers. track after 310 miles? Well, funny you ask because you said you know exactly how long it took you. If somebody said, Dan, 
how long did it take you to run 314 miles? And I can, without skipping a beat, I can say five days, two hours, 57 minutes in one second. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, you, you know, because you did it and it was, and every minute that you were on the course, you were like, how fucking long do I have to go? And when you finished, you looked and you remembered. Well, that, yes, it's, it's forever etched into my memory, but luckily, uh, one of the, the finisher rewards, if you, you had to pay for it though, this was an extra like 25 bucks or 50 bucks or something. You get this nice jacket and it's etched in the front of, with the time and your name underneath I'm it. not sure you etch jackets, but you mean stitch. Stitch, whatever. Yes, I'm, I got you. I'm two ballast point Marlon Porters in, so word uh, I'm hard. three St. Archer hazy IPAs in, so, you know. All right. So those, those are the beers of the, the day brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing and St. Archer. No, we are not sponsored by anyone. This is completely gratis. Uh, I'm St. Archer, San Diego. I'm drinking Ballast Point. San Ballast Diego. Point because it was on sale today from its normal $12 for a six pack to only like $9. Yeah, I don't know. Abby bought it at uh, Costco. So. so, yeah, so one of the my favorite races, and I would say, was the Vol State. A lot of people have done it. It's, it's a very popular race now if you're into the ultra marathon world, if you're into um, the Barkley Marathons and you know about Lazarus Lake. Go ahead. Yes. Hold on. When you say popular, how many people are you talking about? They limit the race now. So to 200 people, roughly. Yeah, and 200 people. On the starting line of a typical Ironman, like an Ironman <laughs> is like 500 people. And there's like 50 of them in a year. I mean, I don't know. I'm not looking it up right now. But okay. like the, the difference between you saying like it's a popular race, like every single – fucking person that started the vol state is insane they're all crazy you you have and 10 days to do it 200 people and it happens once in a yeah. year that is not popular that is like the creme de la creme of fucking insane people yeah we're all insane but i you know i hear that like when you say we're both endurance athletes like i thank you but I don't think we're on the same level. Like I've done crazy shit, but that is bananas. Well, it's, it's hard to say because to me, anybody can do these types of things. You just have to have the willpower to want to try to do something like that. I mean, how many, how many people have said to you, Greg, you've done a half Ironman. I haven't even walked a half marathon. Like when I hear people say that to me, I'm like, come on you can do this type of stuff or like I haven't run. Yeah, but here's, here's the difference. I, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm just, I'm, I'm being real here. The same number of people who tell me like a half Ironman is crazy is like the same number of people who've done a half Ironman telling you you're crazy. Like you've gone from like the entire pool of the population mm -hmm. down to people who've done a half Ironman. And then you've taken that pool of people who've done a half Ironman and you cut it down by that same percentage. And so I don't even want to hazard a guess. Like, I don't know anyone except for you who's done 314 miles in a stretch. 
every year roughly 200 people. I know a ton <laughs> of people who have done half and full Ironman. Yeah, well, so so I say now yeah, that it's roughly 200 people. 200 people out of a population of 330 million. Yes. Initially, though, the race started, I think one of the first few times, one person started the race, right? So if you, you are into, you know, the Barkley Marathons is the one I go to because people know that who are into endurance sports. Uh, Lazarus Lake, he also does this race and some other ones um, that I've done. Um, and the first few years, there's one person, then two people, then five people. And then eventually it kind of comes out. Sorry, I take it. Did I say 200 people? I was absolutely wrong with that. 100 people started the race, roughly. So cut that number in half. So they limit the race to 100 people. I say 200. Uh, 100 people. Um, because you We're have to totally going to cut that section of the podcast. Yeah, that's okay. Leave it in there. Uh, so 100 people started, but initially there was like one person, five people, 10 people, 20 people. So it gradually built from there. Um, now, if you get an ultra sign Would up. Would you say it's exponential growth? until you get to about a hundred people because <laughs> it's limited by, I believe the number of people that can fit on a ferry that goes from Dorena landing, Missouri, uh, over to Kentucky. And then you run through about 20 miles of Kentucky, then across Tennessee into Alabama for about a couple miles and then finish up into Georgia. Right. But, um, so that's a great race. It's a fun race. Um, one of the most challenging things I've ever done. I've yelled at the clouds because they were not over my head. Um, you know, is in middle of July in Tennessee in the summer. So imagine that if you will. Um, and then after that, you know, I'm just proud of all the other endurance. I've done hundred milers, 50 milers, uh, 50 Ks, that sort of thing. Um, one of my favorite events though, the other one that I want to touch on briefly is the backyard ultra. Um, and those of you, this is, this is bonkers, man. Those of you that have done, ultra marathons in the last three years, backyard ultras have popped up like a dime a dozen. They're all over the place. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. I think they're a great event. But um, the, the reason that they're a great event is because Greg has to go pee. So I'll tell you about the backyard ultras is you don't have to be fast. You only have to complete four miles every hour and then you get to start again. So that's essentially 4.16667 miles every hour. And then after 24 hours, you've completed 100 miles. So for the last, uh, let's see, three years, I've had the opportunity to compete in uh, Big Dog's Backyard Ultra in 2019, 2018, 2017. And even though I only made it at the most 120 miles, roughly 28 hours, 27 hours, given it all I have, it's one of the best experiences that I've ever ex- done in endurance sports, right? The ability to push yourself, how far can you go? As long as you can finish it within one hour, you get to start again and you're tied for first every hour on the hour. So you can be one of these elite fast athletes who I've seen out on the course who think they're going to smoke you and they come in pretty fast. Then all of a sudden after 18 hours, 12 hours, they faded. So as long as you're consistent and you can keep pushing yourself, who knows how far you can go now again, you have to make the cutoff time. You have to make the, the hour. And so if you finish in 50 minutes, you get 10 minutes of rest. Um, 
but a lot what of the, you, the elite endurance. Well, what do you do in your 10 minutes of rest? Um, I'll touch on that in just a second, but let me finish my thought here because I will forget. But a lot of the elite athletes now are doing this and they're pushing, you know, 200 miles, um, 250 miles. And some people think that it could be gone, go up to 300 miles. So basically it's 300 miles in three days going four miles every hour. Uh, it's insane. My goal is to hit 200 miles. If I get the opportunity to participate again in big dogs, but uh, it's getting harder and harder to get to into the race because when I first signed it, the first year was the first people to sign up, get in the second year I ran it was, I think it was invite, you know, the only for the first half. And then after that it was random draw. And then this past year was everyone had to put in their credentials and it was a random selection. So luckily I got in. And then, so for the 2020 race, which may or may not happen, um, I think I'm just outside that selection because now it's basically they pick uh, who they want to go into the race based on your prior criteria. So, uh, and last year, I, I do have to say I was sick. It may have been the coronavirus, um, but I still did my best and did a hundred and I, I forgot now how many I did, 120 miles or just a little bit over that. I think I did. 27 or 28 hours 29 hours i forget 29 hours i think i did but um uh it's a great it's one of my favorite events to do and what was the question you yeah. asked now see i forgot what you asked me oh what do i do with well, my hour or my yeah my what break? do you do with your time that you're not walking running there jogging. is walking so during that we'll say average of 10 minutes of rest every hour um, during the day, it's just hanging out, chilling, taking, eating your food, drinking stuff. If you need to take care of anything, you've got 10 minutes to do it. But mainly it's about seven minutes of sitting there in your chair, relaxing and three minutes of getting ready. Um, and then at nighttime, if you finish with 10 minutes, you hop into a tent or sleep in your chair, put a towel over your head, you sleep for those seven minutes. And then it's three minutes of waking up, getting ready and going again. Um, I would say more so anything. It's, it's a very mental. Uh, and that's the reason why I dropped out the first two years was just mentally. I got to the point where my, I, I was just mentally was broken down and I couldn't go any further. Um, and this past year I could have kept going, but like I said, I was, I was very sick and I shouldn't have probably even started the race, but you know, how many times do you get an opportunity like that and put your best foot forward? And I think I did pretty well, 100, 120 miles in 29 hours. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's further than I've ever gone in a day, for sure, or two yeah. days. So, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about Greg and I. You know, we don't want this to drag on too much. This is our first episode. Just wanted to give you a little bit more uh, used to our personalities, introduce ourselves, talk a little bit about our backgrounds in endurance sports. Uh, I talked to a friend of ours, Sonny, who did the uh, swim run with you guys, who uh, we're going to have on, I think, one of the next – episodes are one of the first official episodes and um we're gonna go from there so we'll have a lot of great endurance athletes uh, to chat with to learn about their perspective what motivates them have some fun and uh go from there greg is there anything you wanted to uh add before we kind of sign off here for this first episode 0.3 no that was uh that was awesome i you know 0.3 and i'm still still learning about your epic adventures and uh not i'm not really compare comparing very favorably to uh 
to, you know, 314 miles or, or, or 120 yeah, miles in 29 It's not hours. about comparing. It's about motivating and inspiring other people. Yeah. Me, I couldn't, I could have not, I could not have done that 25 mile swim run on Catalina Island. To me, that was that, that great. That is the difference. If you stop on a hundred mile run, you're still standing on land. When you're on the 20th mile of the Otolo and you're in uh, the ocean, um, if you stop, you're going to drown. Mm -hmm. The main so, reason why I don't do that is sharks. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, it is a little sharky. Um, it, it's a bit sharky. A bit sharky like it's the it's the pacific ocean like isn't like catalina island like the breeding ground for like baby great whites or something it it is but that's on the other side of the island oh because because sharks can't swim around they would never they would never swim around they wouldn't do that. <laughs> why would they uh, do that so i think that's a great uh note to end the first unofficial episode of the endurance athlete podcast like i said before i'm sharks, in, sharks. Avoid sharks at all uh, possible costs. I'm Dan Schamberg. With me is uh, Greg, Greg Hawkins. Hawkins. And Greg, where can we find you on social media in case people want to follow you? You, you can't. You, you oh. can't find me on social media. That's right. You're one of those people who uh, are not on social I, media. I am, I'm one of those people. I'm, a, I'm allergic to social media. You know, that's okay. Probably you can't get yourself into trouble because I, I've known, I know the things that you've done in your past and that would not go well <laughs> for social media. But uh, well, we will I'll never run for office. Fair enough. Uh, so we will probably set up a Facebook group page, which apparently I will have to monitor. And yes. um, you can you email questions? me. I'll give out my email address. If you want to yeah. email me, I'll respond to emails. No, I'll give them my email address uh, yeah. instead. And I'll just forward it with you. So if, if you have an interesting uh, endurance athlete story and you want to share it with us, you can email me, Daniel at theenduranceathlete.net. You can also hit me up on Instagram at the endurance athlete. And uh, we look forward to having more conversations and chatting with a lot of you in the future and uh, peace out. Talk to you later.